Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 45 of season two. This week we are studying Hebrews chapters one through six. And regarding the book of Hebrews, there is some debate about whether Paul wrote the book of Hebrews or whether it was some other author. And this is because of the difference in literary style between this book and the other Pauline epistles. Uh, But we do know that Joseph Smith did attribute quotes from the book of Hebrews to Paul. And Latter-day Saint scholars generally accept that Paul is the author of the book. Regardless, the doctrine is consistent with the other writings of Paul, and it especially testifies boldly of Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews was written to Jews who had converted to Christianity. Now, some of these Jewish converts had started to drift back to the comfort and security of their old beliefs. Uh, As you probably know, Jewish tradition does not assert that Jesus is the Christ. So some of the distinctive features of these writings is to really emphasize the role of Jesus Christ as our Savior and Redeemer. And one of the themes that is brought out in these chapters is regarding the Savior's enabling power and his deep understanding of our trials and difficulties. Remember, in the Savior's atonement, he not only suffered for our sins, but he also suffered for our non-sinful challenges as well. And I would contend that mental health issues could certainly be included in the list of non-sinful challenges and difficulties that we experience. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, we read, Wherefore, in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. It says the Savior was made like unto us and was tempted, so that he could understand mortal challenges. And then in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, we read, Seeing that then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Again, Paul reiterates that Jesus felt the challenge of temptation and he experienced the pain of mortal infirmities. And because of this, we can go boldly to him to seek mercy, grace, and understanding. One of the challenges of mental health distress is that people often feel isolated and alone. They feel like no one can understand their particular brand of suffering. And as I have provided mental health counseling and outreach over the years, I've tried to have empathy and understand where my clients are coming from. But in some ways, it's difficult because in most cases, I have not gone through what my clients are experiencing. And in almost every case, I've never gone exactly through what they're experiencing. I've had my own mental health issues for sure, but so many of the people that I've worked with have experienced much worse. But in our Savior, Jesus Christ, we can rest assured that he understands perfectly what we are going through because he experienced it all on our behalf. When no one else seems to understand your suffering, you can reliably go to him and have him comfort you the way that no one else can. 
This type of support, or succor, as Paul describes it, can give us hope and strength even in the darkest of times. Paul addresses this concept in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 and 19, which reads, That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. This hope that Paul describes becomes an anchor to our souls. And as I envision this idea of an anchor, I see it helping us stay emotionally and spiritually steady, regardless of the turmoil and chaos in our lives. In these chapters as well, Paul also makes multiple references to the children of Israel and their exodus from Egypt to Canaan. In Hebrews chapter 3, he explains how because of the disobedience of the children of Israel or their hardness of heart, that initial generation that left Egypt were not permitted to the promised land. It was ultimately their children who were able to enter. And that was one of the reasons for the 40-year delay, their wandering in the wilderness. Their unwillingness to receive and abide by prophetic counsel caused them more grief than they would have otherwise experienced. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, Paul gives a warning that we need to also avoid such hardness of heart and be willing to live by the words of prophets and other church leaders. And it reads, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. And as I read this, I thought to myself, how can I improve my personal peace by better heeding inspired counsel or by following what the prophets have taught? And I pose that question to you as well. Are there teachings of church leaders that, if more fully implemented into your lives, could increase your personal peace. Now, let me reiterate that gospel solutions are not the only strategy to manage mental health issues. Sometimes I get some pushback on that and people say, you can't just pray away your depression. And I 100% agree. There are many different secular helps that are very, very beneficial in managing mental health, but there are many spiritual helps that can be used in concert with those to improve our mental health. And I believe that if we are neglecting spiritual strategies, if we're only using secular strategies and not using spiritual strategies to help to help manage our mental health issues, then we are missing a significant and helpful tool. President Henry B. Eyring said the following, the gift of peace is given after we have the faith to keep his commandments. For those who are covenant members of the Lord's church, obedience is what we have already promised to do. Bishop W. Christopher Waddell, first counselor in the presiding bishopric, uh, taught three strategies that we can use to increase personal peace. Let me outline those for you. The first step he lists is to learn about Jesus Christ. And Bishop Waddell states, Each time we attend the temple, in all that we hear, do, and say, in every ordinance in which we participate, and in every covenant that we make, we are pointed to Jesus Christ. We feel his peace as we hear his words and learn from his example. Step two, Bishop Waddell, Waddell says, is to listen to the words of Jesus Christ. And he states, those who choose to listen and give heed to the words of the Lord 
as delivered through his prophets, will find safety and peace. And the third step, he says, is to walk in the meekness of the Lord's spirit. And he teaches, the peace we all seek requires more than a desire. It requires us to act by learning of him, by listening to his words, and by walking with him. We may not have the ability to control all that happens around us, but we can control how we apply the pattern of peace that the Lord has provided, a pattern that makes it easy to think often about Jesus. Now, Bishop Waddell's talk is just one of many that address how we can increase personal peace in our lives. And I think that as we learn and apply these principles, um, in addition to the other things that we're doing to manage our mental health, we may experience greater peace in our lives. Increasing our personal peace is a conscious and deliberate act. It requires us to learn new things, abandon incorrect thoughts, and take action with consistency and resolve. I always end my podcast episodes with an invitation to act and just give you prayerful, just ask you to give prayerful consideration to which of these invitations might be good for you and your circumstance. And for this week, I invite you to read, study, and ponder the reference talk by Bishop Waddell. It's from the 18, it's from the April 2016 General Conference, and it's entitled A Pattern for Peace. I'll put the link in the show notes. And then after you have studied it, based on what you learned, write down two things that will help you increase your personal peace. I have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement the weekly invitations. To find out how to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter, and you can find that link in the show notes. Also, please subscribe so you can easily access new episodes each week, and please share this podcast with others. There are also written transcripts of the podcast, and you can find that link in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action, and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.